Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, all seven rounds in heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. We're one round into the 2023 NFL Draft, and we're here to give you our instant reactions. No, we're not going to hit it because we're going to jump right into it. AJ? How jarring was that? I am, uh, it was a whirlwind, Rob. I said to you in a brief conversation before we actually started recording that it felt like it was very short. Like it, it may have been a dream for me, but also it was like a full on four hours. Was it a dream for you? Cause Seattle went and did some good things. Yeah. Is, the, is that where wait, we want to start? We want to start wait, the Seahawks? Wait. Yeah. Wait, is this the first time? Where we're both happy that our teams did what they did? Uh, I think so. I just remember the Jordan Brooks night where I was, like, screaming in my mother's kitchen. <laughs> uh, I remember last year where I was just distraught and confused. I was so happy last year. I I think I was happier last year. I'll say that. I Like, I'm still, like, the Devin Witherspoon pick is still, like, it's sinking in. I, it still shocked me. I'm still unhappy that it wasn't Jalen Carter, I'm going to be honest. But that doesn't mean I don't like it. Like he's gonna, he's, that's just a dog in the secondary, baby. I mean, Woolen and Witherspoon is gonna be so much fun. Like I love it. But then seeing what the Eagles did, getting Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith later, I, that uh, yeah. I think my number, my number one holy shit moment of the first round would would have been the Eagles trading up to nine, getting Jalen Carter, like on its own. But then the fact that they also got Nolan Smith at 30, it was like a double holy shit moment. Yeah. Howie Roseman's a genius. I don't know how he keeps getting away with it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm upset that Seattle passed on Jalen Carter. But that being said, I'm really happy for Jalen Carter. Like, I think that's the perfect landing spot. Obviously, you know, he was joining Jordan Davis. He's joining Nicobe Dean. Oh, wait, he's joining Nolan Smith, too. And on top of that, you know, that's a, that's a team with a strong culture. And on the field, you know, he, he's best suited to start his career in a rotation and he's not going to have to play a high level of snaps for for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, Davis probably gonna take a couple more snaps up this year too than he did last year. And like just just that that fucking fastball that they could throw. You know, it, it's third down the NFC championship game. Jalen Carter's played ten snaps, you know what I mean? He just rolled him out and he's fresh as hell and he's gonna go get a sack and, you know, get get the team off the field. Um yeah, I'm I'm really happy for Jalen Carter. I th- I think that's gonna work out. I think he's gonna reach his potential in Philadelphia. The Eagles' interior defensive line rotation is Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, Jalen Carter, uh, and they signed Kentavious Street, who's coming off a pretty good year in New yeah, Orleans. I don't know what you do with that. And then you have and, all the edge rushers. And then their, their edge rotation is Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, Derek Barnett, and Nolan Smith. I don't know what you do with that. Like, really? Like, what, what's, what's your chances? Is anyone ever tired? And they're... No, no. I mean, that's that's fucked. And if your biggest concern with Nicobe Dean is the size and, and, and keeping him clean, well, I think he, I think he's going to be clean. He's going to be clean. I think he's going to be just fine. Yeah. It's oh, nuts. Got it. I'm so I'm so excited. I think my one of my biggest takeaways from this draft, especially because it, it it's a weaker, and we both agreed it's a weaker 
class overall overall in terms of first round talent is despite some head scratchers i think a lot of teams got really fun with their selections um there was again some major head scratchers and we'll get to those but uh overall i'm i I was pleased even though it was all so strange yeah i I don't disagree and for me if we're going top holy shit moment I'm going with a with a team double dipping too, and I, for me that's that's at two. Houston pulling the trigger on CJ Stroud, all of the hubba baloo for nothing, uh, getting their franchise quarterback. I love it, and then my literal literally my jaw hit the floor, trading back up to three for Will Anderson, and then you're just you know you're, you're starting that 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 new regime right in Houston, getting your centerpiece on offense and defense. Um, shocking. I, I wish I wish they did Anderson and then Stroud though. Just like for the holy, the it would have been an even bigger holy shit moment, you know? Because okay, you know they pass on the quarterback like we we've kind of heard the rumblings for, and then they jump in and get him. But I think the price would have been more expensive, so I think they did it wise. Um, I also just want to say like, man, the NFL draft cycle is too long. Yeah, the the whole CJ Stroud discourse is ridiculous <laughs> the whole time. And then it didn't end up being a thing whatsoever. And, no. then, and then I'm just wondering, was it one of the teams that wasn't in play for CJ Stroud putting that stuff out there, trying to get him to slide? Like, what was going on there? And, and, and the whole time it felt like a lot of people were down, just, I think, because these rumors were, like, acting as if they were down on CJ Stroud. Not, not because of the tape or anything, but just simply because they thought he wasn't going to go this high and then acting like he wouldn't be a good fit in, in Bobby mm-hmm. Sloak's Kyle Shanahan offense, which is, as we've seen an offense that takes a pocket passing accurate quarterback over the physical tools guy. I mean, just look at Brock Purdy this past season. Yeah. So why, why would CJ Stroud not be a good fit in that when he's the most accurate passer in the class and, and the most natural pocket passer? So I, I just always thought that was strange. And then, yes, will it, will they, so they get him as the cornerstone on offense, the face of their offense, uh, and then the face of their defense. Now Will Anderson as the D'Amico Ryan's era begins. It's really fun that they got two cornerstone players. Um, and... To, to me, C.J. Stroud had the highest floor among the quarterbacks in this class, and Will Anderson had maybe the highest floor of any player in the class. So they're yeah. ultimately like pretty safe picks at two and three with with high upside, maybe not as high as upside as, as Jalen Carter and Anthony Richardson, mm-hmm. but really, really safe bets for Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, I think I think it's really that's just a really smart way to you know reinvigorate, rebuild this franchise after you know multiple f- fucking odd and bad football years, you know, just, you know, multiple coaches in the last two years. Like, I think this is the way this is, I love them being aggressive. And I, I, I think they picked the right two uh, men, not just football players, but people to, 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 you know, to build this franchise around. Did you say this is the way, what are you, the Mandalorian? Sometimes, if you know what I mean. Um, the only thing I will say is they gave up a, they lot, gave up a lot to get up to yeah. three. Um, the the Cardinals did a really good job there. The Texans gave up 12, 33, uh, a 2024 first rounder and a 2024 third rounder for that third pick and the 105th pick. It was a lot. Um, I guess if you think about it in terms of they were actually trading up for CJ Stroud, mm-hmm. it, it feels less bad, but, but still a lot. 
and I think that puts a lot more pressure on Will Anderson being more than just a really good football player. He he needs to kind of reach that Pro Bowl yeah. uh, ceiling to justify it. But so yes, uh, one more holy shit moment I've got though is is the fact that Will Levis goes unselected because after all that, like you said, the hubbubaloo about Stroud. Yeah. And really not all that much. It felt like a lot of the time there was more Will Levis apologists than anything. Um, and, and this weird buzz that he would go, well, I mean, the Reddit user having the buzz that he'd go once. But there was legitimate buzz he could go to. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he, he he doesn't even get selected. And I, I just found that to be a holy shit moment because I think he's a better quarterback prospect than Kenny Pickett last year. And Pickett still ends up going 20. And hey, all all the love from the Colts too. Apparently, he was their guy. If he was still, like, you know what I mean? So many junctions. But then once the fall started, it just felt like it wasn't going to stop. It really didn't. I mean, I didn't. You know, I, I as much as I was afraid to, I wasn't really buying the Seahawks stuff. The Viking stuff seemed a little odd. And now, I like where the hell does he does he end up going? Yeah. So, through were were you ever? I mean, after the first three quarterbacks are off the board, were there any teams that were on the clock where you thought this could actually be it? Yeah, I think it was Tampa. I think it was Tampa for me. And fuck, Will Levis might have been a smarter pick. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, I yeah, yeah. I thought I I kind of had the it, oh, it could be now with the Titans. Yeah, but with Skaronski there, I think that's such a smart pick. No, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm not saying they no, should have done it. Yeah, but it, it felt like this is the type of quarterback Mike Vrabel would like. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I kind of agree with you with Tampa, but yeah, the 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 Vikings not really, and I never felt like Hendon Hooker was going to go in the first round either. Me neither. Um, but yeah, now it's interesting. Like, where where could 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 the Ram like? I think it'd be insane, but could the Rams take him? I think that would be on. It's possible. I, let me ask you this: What do you think the odds are that Hooker goes ahead of Levis? I see. For me, I have Levis so far. Like, not that I have a big grade on Levis or anything, but I've. Hooker is a day three player. Yeah, you're low on Hooker, but yeah, but with the actual buzz, you know, it seems like the, the NFL might not be. I mean, I was again, I was never buying that first round stuff either. I, but two two spots I I for either of them, the, the Raiders at thirty eight, yeah, the Saints at forty. I think that's going to be one of them at the Saints, and I think it might be Hooker. I think it might be Hooker. Uh, hey, the Titans could do it at forty one too. I, I I think. If I, I think if I'm a, if I'm getting good odds, I bet on both of them to go before 41. But like, I, I, okay, if I'm getting good odds, because I think there's a couple good options there. Well, do you think Tampa consider one of them at 50? Or is I don't that that because my my thing too is like, how much do they really like you if they passed on you in mm-hmm. the first round? Is it really worth burning a second round pick? Like, because yeah. if you don't think if you think he's the guy, you take him in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I don't know. It's it's uh it's hard, especially I I think Tampa's more eyeing May and, and Williams in in yeah. 2024 anyway, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I I think um both of them could could fall pretty far just cuz day two quarterbacks tend to. I mean, last year Ritter and Willis fell in the third round. Yeah. I I think like they either go in the in the top uh top 10 picks there or or they fall to the third. That's my semi bull prediction. Okay. Okay. Um, the picks that surprised me most, I was honestly, a li- like, I, I was surprised, I think you definitely were, when the Seahawks took Devin Witherspoon mm-hmm. 5, not because it was a bad pick, but just because it was never really something you saw in mock drafts, not really a 
player team connection that had a lot of buzz. Um, oh. I think it's super fun though, and I I, I like yeah. that it happened. And and once it happened, I was like, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Pete Carroll and John Shiner have always prioritized the secondary. They love this type of um, trash talking, high football character tone setter. Um, and the fact that he gets to team up with Tariq Wood, like that's so fun. Yeah, I, I think like smelling it out now. I think it was kind of always Witherspoon. Um, I I didn't not expect it. At all. I was totally surprised. I like they haven't drafted a DB like remotely this high. Like you know what I mean. Like they haven't drafted a first round DB in in this in the Carroll Schneider regime. I I don't think they've taken a second round corner. You know, um, so shocked. But the fit makes so much sense. Like you said, they, it's clearly a, a the the player on the field, and I think the person, like the personality, that's something they they covet, obviously, right? And that that duo of Witherspoon and and Tariq Woolen, man, like that, not not to get a little homery, but it's got the potential to be the best duo in the league eventually, right? Like I'm not I'm not crazy to think that. Um, Witherspoon wasn't my corner one, but I think he was the NFL's corner one. I think the Lions would have not traded out at six if the Seahawks passed on him. Yeah, I think the Seahawks taking him at five really messed up. <laughs> The Lions night and oh, uh the poor Lions who who got the Seahawks into the playoffs this year, they just ruined their night. Like, come on, let's feel bad for Detroit. Uh yeah. We'll get we'll get to the Lions. I mean, hell, if we want to get to the Lions, I think their their two picks were two of the biggest shockers in the first round. Um, you know, maneuvering back to twelve honestly they didn't even I think what Arizona did, like we touched upon, they they did really well moving around the board. Um but yeah, getting going back to twelve, I don't know where the fuck the Jameer Gibbs pick came from, Rob. I I don't know how long DeAndre Swift is going to be a lion. We could see him moved uh, tomorrow or Saturday. I, I think that is true. But even that aside, they brought in David Montgomery. Like what? Are, what is going on here? I mean, it's always felt like they haven't fully believed in DeAndre Swift going back to the Hard Knocks, right? But oh like, yeah, no, de- definitely. But that's why. And, and obviously, Jamal Williams lost the free agency. They kind of get a younger version of that in David Montgomery. Yeah. Um, but. Man, they must have had a really high grade on Jameer Gibbs to justify that, right? Yeah. Like, I, I get the idea of pairing David Montgomery with this kind of supercharged stat back in Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> sure. who, who, again, Gibbs was the 17th player on my board. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I was a big fan of him. But at the same time, he's a first-round running back. And not the and top then, one. like and, and not the top one. And in the context of what the Lions need, like, they need... <laughs> they they needed secondary help yeah. pretty obviously. Once they made the Jeff Okuda trade too, it just felt like a foregone conclusion they'd use a first-round pick on a corner. And they, they, they had Christian Gonzalez right there. Um, yeah, I think they were just so locked. Like, the, as like as this unfolded, I think they were so locked in on Devin Witherspoon. I think that's what it was. I think it was Witherspoon or Bust, man. Like, like knowing how they ended up going about this, taking Gibbs at 12. And then, uh, if, if the value wasn't good there, getting him back and get LB1, Jack Campbell at 18, which, I mean, like like you like you said when the draft happened, they're, they're building a team for the 1990s. Um, but, fuck, I... <laughs> Deep down, though, this is—I think this is what this Lions team should be. I'm going to say that, like, run the ball, get, get your big Big Ten linebackers. Um, it makes me love them more, but it's—it's—they had the worst night of the. Of I, in the, in the, in the it was just so out of so out of left field. They 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 made two of the biggest head scratching moves, and again, just more so in the context of their roster and and the moves they made in free agency, like 
why did they bring Alex Anzalone back and pay mm. David Montgomery? Like, I I don't know. It just really strange roster building decisions and i i think gibbs is going to be a a really productive and fun player for that offense i think jack campbell's a, a really good fit as their bike linebacker yeah, like it makes yeah. a lot of sense but it's just man it also feels like if those were the two guys you wanted like it feels like you could have traded back acquired more capital gotten them um it's also the fact that they they, they passed on christian gonzalez who is my corner one he's your corner one um the most gifted, I think, corner cover corner in this class. Um, and, hey, they, they could have used a receiver too, right? Like they yeah. passed on all the receivers to take Jack Campbell. Um, <laughs> they, they passed on Deontay Banks to take Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. It just it felt like oh, it was really strange decision-making. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those picks were certainly surprising. Do you think it was, like, because obviously Forbes and Gonzalez went right before 18, back-to-back. Do you think that was just another panic pick, or I, I don't even know. I don't know, because, like, were, who were they? I don't know. I, just... <laughs> I will say, like, I'm very not surprised that Gibbs went in the first round, but I didn't think no. it would be, be top 20. I thought he'd, I thought he'd be, like kind of the back end of the first round yeah i like i like by today i expected him to go i mean we did it in our mock right i expect yeah. him to go but whew, i didn't expect 12 and i sure as hell didn't expect the lions i mean well they should have just fucking taken Bijan at that point <laughs> like why not right <laughs> oh man anyways yeah uh still love still love dan campbell company uh another pick that kind of surprised me was um the chargers taking quentin johnson 21 yeah. just because i it felt like the quentin johnson first round buzz had kind of Coming really down. died down mm-hmm. or that he would go in the last couple picks uh, but he was the second receiver taken right after jsn and it, it was just maybe not a, a team fit that i i thought was as clear as some of the other ones like yeah i thought zay flowers would make more sense just given they have mike williams they have this big power forward type even though johnson doesn't really play like that he's a more of this explosive yak player um so i'm interested to kind of see what that looks like uh, in in LA with Justin Herbert, I, I think it's it's fun. It's interesting. It's, it's a lot of fun. But yeah. it's it's if I were to rank the four first round receivers in terms of fit, I would put that fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, but it is a ton of fun. And I mean, clearly after GSN, they had their pick of the litter. I kind I kind of get the feeling that Quentin Johnson would have been their pick, even if they were picking twenty. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, getting another big receiver. That is more, you know, yakky than than big like Mike Mike Williams is. That's a, that's a hell. Of, that's you know, basketball and grass style though. Like that's gonna be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and that that wide receiver run was just was just a lot of fun too. That was that was yeah. cool to get. We're all waiting on it, and then it's four straight. <laughs> yeah, and then, like like you said, I I think I kind of love all all four picks though. I think they all work out pretty damn well in their own ways. Um, one other one I I thought mm-hmm. was a little surprising was. And more so because they passed on Michael Mayer to do it, and I thought Michael Mayer was a slam dunk for the Cowboys, and that was them taking Mozzie Smith at, at twenty six. Yeah, it was a little surprising, but I mean, I, again, like I think if they, you know, the strength of this class is tight end, the ideal, you know, class is weak. Um, I, I like I like Mozzie Smith a lot, and I mean, it's just it feels like something they need, right? Like they they've really struggled to land the ideal spot for a long time now. It feels. And just bringing in that, that guy that's going to eat up space and, you know, freaky athlete for a big man. Um, 
maybe can reach some pass rush upside. He flashed it. Um, like if, if Maggie Smith hits like he could, that could be you know one of the best low key picks in the draft. I think because just to open the stuff up for the guys on the edge too. Um, but yeah, it definitely surprised me. It definitely surprised me. I thought it was going to be Ted N, but I guess I guess Dalton Kincaid was their guy there, right? Yeah, I I guess, but how how big a difference? Well, like obviously it makes sense the the Bills trade up to jump the four Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. But how big a difference uh, I guess was there between Kincaid and Mayer for them that they they go with Mazzy Smith who I have lower than Mayer. Um, mm-hmm. It still fills a need. I I like Mazzy Smith a lot. I think part of it too is just this interior defensive line class drops off so quick. It's like yeah. grab him now or we're not going to be able to get one. Uh, whereas, and you, you mentioned this to me while we were watching the pot or watching the, the draft that they'll have their pick of a solid tight end on day two. Yeah. If mayor is gone, you know, Musgrave is sitting there, Tucker craft, it will be sitting there. Darnell Washington could be sitting there. Like there's, um, Sam Laporta, like they're going to have a lot of good options where if they didn't go IDL, it would have been th- very very thin you know yeah surprising but I, I i i'm cool with it but i mean i'm biased also so um i think like okay the picks that had me shaking my head the most were both of the lions picks i, th- I think that that that's probably for most people i think um if i were to go another direction though it just the Tyree Wilson, and I have a Tyree Wilson as a top 10 player, but the Raiders taking Tyree Wilson at 7, I don't know. The Raiders taking big pass rushers who need to develop pass rush it plans just hasn't gone great in recent years. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just uncertain how I feel about it. Um, I Again, I have Tyree Wilson as a top 10 player. Like, it wasn't a reach. It's more just the team that took him that makes me concerned. I kind of love it. I kind of love it. I, yeah. I, I, I feel what you, you're you feeling here. You know, it's, it's a little concerning. But if it works if it works out, Mad Max on one side and Tyree Wilson on the other is, is a formidable duo, man. Like, that's, that's special. And I, I think, like, the way it all f- shook out tonight – I think that's just a smart pick. I feel like that's like, let's keep our head level here. Let's take the best player on our board. I mean, if Jalen Carter wasn't on their board, which is potentially, you know, um, then let's let's just get a pass rusher. You can never have too many, and I, they they it was a need, you know. And I, I get it. I think he could. This could be a bad bad spot for Wilson, but um, yeah. I, let me ask you this though: do, do you think they were looking at Paris Johnson, and that's why the Cardinals jumped specifically to six? Yes. Or yeah, yeah. I it, it kind of that that was the vibe I had. Um, part of it too when they took Tyree Wilson, I I thought Christian Gonzalez should have been the pick. But then we saw so many teams pass yeah. on Christian Gonzalez that I think ultimately we are higher on him than the NFL. Yeah. Um. I'm I, I I'm pretty pleased with where he ended up landing though. Yeah. But I, I think it'll be okay in the end. Um. But yeah, I, I I don't know. I just worry. But at the same time, I know it's a different regime. In, in Las Vegas this time around, taking yeah. the big, powerful rusher. And I, I know Dave Ziegler comes from New England where they value the type of pass rusher that Tyree Wilson is. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, I think it's fun. It makes makes them really interesting. And I think it's a big help for Tyree Wilson that Max Crosby yeah. is going to receive so much attention. And they have Chandler Jones. Like, there's not a ton of pressure on him early. Um, yeah. 
He looked he looked cool as hell too. He looked Vegas ready. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, getting the guy, you know, a West Texas to Vegas, it works. It fits. It, I don't know. It feels right for me. Um, yeah, we we've touched upon some of mine. Um, I think like not in a negative way, but the, the Jalen Carter Nolan Smith combo, just like oh fucking of course, right? Like we we talked about that all though. But I think you touched upon my big one here. Um, was the 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 Washington Commanders having Christian Gonzalez fall in their lap? And saying no, thanks, we're good. We're taking the one sixty-six pound Emmanuel Forbes, um, a guy that I don't think should have been a first-round pick. You know, they're buying a guy that you know was super productive. Uh, you know, snatching that football, baby, and he's a big-time athlete. But oh, one hundred sixty-six pound corner over who I believe is the best corner in the class in Christian Gonzalez. That was like, oh God, I, I don't know what they're doing here. Devonta Smith. He's 170. They had to get someone lighter. Leave That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm excited for the Forbes Devontae matchups. Uh, uh, Wandale Robinson. He's like 180 pounds. <laughs> um, and uh, Brandon Cook's also 180. Right? They, okay, they... genius. You're right. I'm out. You sold me there. Um, no, but uh, I, I'm with you. That is the other uh, guy I listed for having me shake my head. And, and, and I think it, it's interesting because over like the last, I want to say, two weeks or so. The Emil Forbes buzz has mm-hmm. really been booming, so I think somebody leaked that the NFL was really high on him, and you started to see that being reflected. Um, I again, I think we're both a little less high on him. I, yeah. I had him somewhere in, my, in the fifties for me. Um, part of that was just the concern over his weight, uh, but also the fact that like he predominantly played off zone coverage mm-hmm. at Mississippi State where he could kind of sit back, read the quarter. And he has great instincts and ball skills, obviously. He's yeah. the FBS record for pick sixes. Um, but it, it's just a very specific way of playing. It's a little boomer busty. He gambles a lot. It, it, it's just, yeah, I, I, it's my view of the corners who went above Christian Gonzalez is just impacted by the fact that they passed on Christian Gonzalez. Know. It's also, alternatively, it's, the fact that Deontay Banks went nearly 10 picks later, and that's a guy who I think is a, a, like a, more athletic, bigger, more physical. Yeah. Like, it's. I kind of feel like the NFL and in, in some draftings just became enamored with Emmanuel Forbes' playmaking. Mm-hmm. And if you like those do or die types of corners, more power to you, but that's just not what I generally vibe with. Yeah, and they got they just got to like steal some thunder from Trevon Diggs, right? In division, it makes sense. You know, we're, we're I'm in on this pick now. Um, but speaking of Gonzalez, why do you think he slid? I don't know. You you said to me, you know, during the draft that the NFL doesn't think he's tough. Um, I really don't know. Like I, I think if we saw him slide and like corners weren't going, then it would have made a little more sense. Um, and I mean, only Forbes went, but yeah. I don't know. I think was it just like do you think teams putting other positions, um, you know, over 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 the corner spot? Like I, I don't really, I'm not really sure. Well, I, I was kind of interested in, in your take on this. Like we obviously we we came up with just one tight end in the first round. After yeah. Hearing that as many as three or four could go doesn't do you surprise think, me. Yeah. And, and it kind of feels like they were pushed down just by the the sheer depth of the class. Like, why am I going to draft a tight end in the first round, a, a position that doesn't carry as much value as other positions when I can get a guy who's 
90% of the first round tight end in the second round or the third round. Um, do you think that kind of caused the corners to slide a bit? Because there's like, I, I think I have 17 corners in my top 120. There's a lot of <laughs> yeah. good corners, yeah. a lot of solid corners. And do you think that just kind of impact? And it, it's 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 kind of weird though because we still ended up with what five corners, but not necessarily the five we were expecting, and some of them not going as high as we were expecting. Yeah, I think that's a, no, I think that's a good point, and I mean, like, but like, like I don't know, like if like the Jets could have maybe looked at, I, no, I guess not really. But like I don't know, like there was no like perfect team other than the Lions, and the Lions just fumbled the bag. You know what I mean? Like, like really, and like Atlanta is just addicted to, p- to picking skill position players. Yeah, I can't believe we haven't talked about that pick yet. You know what I mean? There was also not the clear cut spots either for them. Mm. I'll, I'll, yeah. okay, okay, I'll give you a different question then. Why did Nolan Smith slide? I have no because, idea. Because okay, because there was a need for edge rushers and. We saw edge rushers go, and okay, if you want to point to his size, yeah. Will, Will McDonald's yeah. not much bigger, and he went 15th. And uh, Will McDonald's super athletic, but he's not as athletic as Nolan Smith. Uh, he's not even close to getting the run. He's also older, and yeah, and, and you get like not to say Will McDonald doesn't have a great football character, but I, I would put Nolan Smith up against anybody in this class. So it's just like, man. I, I kind of the vibe I, I get from this is the rest of the NFL when Howie took him at thirty was just like oh oh fuck oh man why why did we let that happen like we should have taken him but I think they just got scared away from the two thirty eight even though he plays like a two hundred and fifty pound edge rusher and now he gets to learn from the other edge rushers yeah. sub two forty that the rest of the NFL is kicking themselves for not signing yeah yeah and then uh, just not to jump ahead but like Will McDonald's a bit of that head scratching pick or like one of those surprising picks that we haven't hit yet either um I don't know yeah, that one, I, I got I, him down as one of the biggest reaches yet. yeah yeah we'll, we'll go get there um <clears throat> no I don't know why Nolan Smith slid I guess I don't think there's any good reason for it I mean like maybe because the injury but he's healthy by all accounts yeah like i i would point to size but like you said well it's not much bigger and he went 15 picks above him pretty much um yeah it's weird it's weird i also like if, if you want to talk about sliders like um why did brian branch slide out i think with that it's just safety's a less valuable position right like no safeties went no safeties. Um, but he's clearly the top safety in this yeah. class by far. He ran a four five eight. He's yeah. sub two hundred. Yeah. I I think in the first round the teams were swinging on positions that carry more value, like linebacker and running um, back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the problem for see the Lions want their safeties to be two hundred and twenty pound tackling machines, probably because they're building for the the 90s run game so that was the problem there and brian branch was 30 pounds heavier and ran a 4-8 they might have taken him but um yeah no i i it'll be weird to see how far brian branch falls on day two yeah because now it's like okay well if it was about positional value or the fact that he's sub 200 um you can kind of get over that a little bit better on the in the second well, round, and like and there's, I think we're gonna have a big run on safeties uh, mm-hmm. at the top of the third round probably. So, how, like, 
Brian Branch is to me so much better than the next yeah. uh, safety. So I'm just interested to see how far apart those two are selected. Me too. I mean, hey, at 33, Arizona Cardinals, Buda Baker wants out. Um, do they just replace him right now with the pick that they got from the Texans? I want to ask you one one thing. Do you would you be surprised if Brian Branch isn't the first safety off the board? Yes, but like. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know, DJ Turner went above him, and and I don't know. I would be, I would, I would be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if, like, Quan Martin isn't far behind, though. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of, if a safety goes above Brian Branch, I think it'll be Quan Martin, and I, I don't know how surprised I'll be simply because I didn't think Will McDonald was going to go 15 picks ahead of Dolan Smith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now I don't know what to expect. There's just so many random things that happened in the middle of this draft. Um, one thing that shouldn't have surprised me but did was that the Falcons took Bijan. Uh, yeah. Because they felt like the one team where it's harder to justify it. Like We talked about how just it, it was more justifiable to this year to take a running back in the first round, specifically Bijan Robinson, not Shamir Gibbs, because Bijan was so clearly the top offensive playmaker. It's a weaker draft. Um, if if you're you're getting five years on that rookie deal plus a franchise tag, six years of Bijan, don't not it's worse to pay a running back than mm-hmm. to uh, draft on the first round. Like that makes sense. And Arthur Smith, the Falcons offense, they love having that premier running back. Uh, he, he Arthur obviously had Derrick Henry in Tennessee, got the most out of Corderell Patterson la, uh, last year, and then this past season, a fifth round rookie Tyler Algier runs for five or runs for a thousand yards. And to me, that says you shouldn't draft a running back with a blue chip pick yeah. because you can get that out of a running back who was drafted in like a hundred and sixtieth. But instead, they kind of go the other way. And Derrick Henry wasn't a first round pick either. No. So, like, as much as I, I know Bijan's going to be great, like, I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl running back for Arthur Smith, and it's going to be all fine and dandy. It just seems like weird practice. And then on top of that, it's a third straight year they've used a top 10 pick on an offensive skill player. Yeah. I mean, like, Bijan could run for 2,000 yards, and the Falcons will win seven games. Sick. Um, like, well, I, I, and it's just like, yeah. okay, like, sure, that like, he, he's amazing. I, I, I told he's my third player on my board, whatever. But, like, is is Bijan running for 2,000 yards and having Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson back him up better than having Algier and, and Cordero Patterson combine for 1,500 yards and then also having a pass rusher get 10 sacks for you that no. you draft 8th overall, right? No. Like, they could have had Jalen Carter. <laughs> oh, imagine him and, him and Grady. Um, yeah, I look... Both teams that, like, again, I was very cool with Bijan going even top 10. I would be okay with it. Top 15 especially. Um, I was very comfortable with Gibbs going the first round in, you know, in the 20s. Uh, both the teams that pulled the trigger on running backs, I think, look ridiculous for doing it. Um, I panned the Drake London pick last year. I hated that pick. I love the Kyle Pitts pick, but, like, you know, like that great rookie year was okay last year. You know, London had a good rookie year. But what is what is what are you doing with building this yeah, roster? What's the, yeah, what's the plan here? It's there just isn't so, one. Like, 
man, it, it, like they're gonna have one of the best running attacks in the league. But yeah, you're right. Like, could I throw division, a, yeah, go ahead. in a division they yeah. can compete for? Yeah. And I guess if if like Desmond Ritter's the guy, like this will help take pressure off him. That's great and all, but I don't know. Could I throw it to maybe this comes from ownership where? You know, this is a franchise that was in the Super Bowl not too long ago, had faces in Matty Ice and Julio Jones and, like, even pieces on the defense, you know. And then suddenly it, it, it collapsed so quickly and that this franchise was left with without a face, you know. And then maybe that just goes to, like, let's draft exciting players. Let's, you know, they're they're pumping in crowd noise. Let's draft exciting players. Let's get some real crowd noise. Is that, like, the logic here? God, that's the only thing that would make any sense to me. I think that's silly, but that's the only thing that would make any sense Wait, to me. You think the man who created Home Depot has a silly business, but fuck you. Arthur <laughs> Frank's a genius. He's, he's a genius. Yeah. No, no. This, that's what I was going. This is marketing. This is selling tech. That's, that's what football's about. So... That's, but that's the only logic I can find. Like, Tyler Algier, you had a 1,000-yard rushing rookie that you got in the fifth round. What's wrong with that? You're scheming up the run game. Arthur Smith was doing a great job scheming up the run game. Uh, you could have added it with an offensive lineman, potentially, or a pass rush. Like, fuck that. I don't get it. I hate it. I love um, Bichon. He's going to kill it, but I hate it. It's great for fantasy. Um, yeah. Not for, another, not, one, not for me who didn't trade Tyler Algier last week, Rob. Another team that just keeps doing the same thing uh, in, in the, is the Green Bay Packers. They keep <laughs> passing on pass catchers and taking uh, super athletic defensive players. Who it was, are, like, it was so on the nose. It was so on the uh, nose. They love Iowa players. This shouldn't have surprised anyone. They'll definitely be taking Riley Moss on day three. Um, but, yeah, they, they take Luke Spaness number 13. Um it felt like, oh my gosh, Aaron Rodgers is gone. Like they need to invest in Jordan Love. This is going to be a big f u to Rodgers. They're going to take. They need a tight end really badly. They could still get uh, one, not to the, defend yes. them too hard. Yes, but yeah, yeah, they're going to take Kincaid. They're going to take Michael Mayer. They're going to take JSN. They're going to take one of them, and then they take Lucas Van Ness. And it's like, of course they took Lucas Van Ness. Yeah, like, I, what are any of us talking about? Um, he was like, gonna, it was obvious. It was obvious, but we didn't see he, it. He's gonna back up Preston Smith for a year. Start his first game since high school in year two, and probably be a pretty good player for them. I don't, I'm not as big on Lucas Van Ness as you, yeah. But uh, even you thought this was a strange one, it, but like not strange. Like you weren't surprised, no. but it just like was like, wow, no, not again. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. I strongly don't love it, but it's so unsurprising. Um, like you said, like, I don't know, him and Rashawn Gary in a couple of years, like, that's, that's going to be a hell of a duo. I, I think Vanessa, like, like, does this make you more confident that Vanessa is going to hit closer to that ceiling, landing with the Packers, though? Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like, this is great for him. Yeah. I just think, like, their offense on paper right now looks so yucky. Like, Romeo Dubs is their number two receiver, Samari Therese, their number three receiver. Okay, like love both of them, please. Show some respect. Their, their top three receivers were all drafted last year, none of them in the first round. They're, I can't even remember who their tight end is. I don't know. Do they even have a tight end in the roster? Josiah DeGuara, please, again, show some respect. Right. That was a top 100 pick, I guess. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Poor Jordan Love? At 42, though... Uh, like guaranteed one okay. of the top 
tight ends remaining. But, but, be but there. okay, are you certain they'll take no. them? They're t- he's taking Keon White there at 42. <laughs> okay, kind of sick. Remember last year when they took Quay Walker and Devontae White and they passed on the receivers and then we were all just like, oh man, their defense could be so good. It doesn't even matter. And then their defense was bad. Yeah, Quay cost in the season. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I love the Packers. Never oh, change. Yeah, they're them. they're so predictable, but I'm always surprised by it. <laughs> um, speaking of, maybe maybe I I, I go to Klaja Kansi going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I think I think that's just like like oh okay, it's Logan Hall but smaller, sick, uh, like, <laughs> like way, way smaller, <laughs> way smaller. I don't I don't know. Like the the the, the idea of Logan Hall hitting a ceiling. Cancy hitting the ceiling with Vita Vey eating up the middle. That's enticing, but like, okay, I just want to see Kalaji Cancy stand beside Vita Vey. <laughs> I think they should run some formations have where like he just hides behind him and like does an A gap blitz, and that look good. Have we ever seen a pair of defensive tackles be so drastically different in size? No. Okay. No. We're, I'm again. The more we talk about these bad picks, I'm loving them. They're, you're saying. You know Vita Vea is like 80 pounds heavier? He's probably 100 pounds heavier, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> okay, I'm in on this now, but God. Um, Me too. Potentially, you know, with, with Vea eating up that space, maybe that gives Kansi some opportunity, you know, to, to more opportunity to shoot some gaps, not be too dependent so on the run. Right, but I think at the same time it's just like – and I guess the, it, Tampa's a weird team because on paper – they're, they're a stronger, bad team. They just really don't have a quarterback, right? So they're yeah. really not going to compete. But they have players at most positions. And they're such a weird roster right now. Do you, like, interior defensive line is kind of a need, but not yeah. a drastic one. Like, Vita Vea, Greg Gaines, Logan Hall uh, is c- kind of what you're working with. I mean, Greg um, Gaines is fucking elite, but yes. He is elite, baby. Um, and, like, in... Kalaja Kansi totally injects some pass rush that they're lacking on the inside. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, like, tackle felt like more of a need. But then, like, the tackles were all kind of gone. Yeah. So what were they supposed to do? Like, could they reach on Anton Harrison there? Um, and so, like, I don't know. They they just – it just kind of feels like, again, what I said earlier, they're, they're just trying to kill time. Until next year when they can draft one of the yeah. You're probably right. I hope you're right because right now they feel pretty directionless after Brady um, leave. Yeah. And, and like, Canty being a top 20 player isn't surprising no. to see. No. But it's more the team fit is the surprise because you didn't really see that uh, in mocks. And then, again, like, I that's too rich for me. Like, he is such an outlier. To me, he is the scariest of the outliers that include Bryce Young, uh, Emmanuel Forbes. Um, I can't remember uh, Devin Shane. Like, there's yeah. a, a silly amount of them, but he, he to me is kind of the scariest because he plays the position where it can get exposed the most consistently. Agree. Um, another one that surprised me was uh, Dalton Kincaid to the Bills. Just yeah, we hadn't really seen that. I don't love this. I do. I love it. I love trading, it. Trading trading up. They didn't give up that much. Don't biggie. But one spot uh, or two spots kind of weird. I, I don't know. I Part of me is scared. Like, they're a team trying to compete for a Super Bowl. Um, he's going to be 24 years old as a rookie. He's coming off a back injury. Um, I kind of felt like they need to get better in the run game. He is not going to help them there. He's not much of a blocker. I, I thought, like, an unsexy pick would have made more sense. Like Torrance. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, again, they didn't give up much, but like, and like Dawson Knox has been pretty serviceable, but I, I th- to- totally like. But I, I think Kincaid and him are a good mix. Like, it's just mm-hmm. more so in the context. Of, it's not that like I had Kincaid like twenty second on my board. Like, it's totally worth where he goes here. Yeah, and it is a fun fit. I just think for the context of what this Bills team has been lacking, he doesn't really fit that. Yeah, no, I I think that's very fair. Um, it was a bit surprising. I do you think this is just you know the, the the ramifications of them watching Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes kick their ass year after year, and they're like, oh, maybe we should try to find a Travis Kelsey. And I'm not saying you know don't think Kate is because no one isn't, but no other tight end in this class has that type of movement skill, right? I know Musgrave is no. the fastest, but Kincaid is just the most fluid, and you know it just got the best feel. Um, like you said, though, this is a team competing for Super Bowl, obviously, and tight end is a position that takes a few years to come on, and he's a bit older, like you said. So I don't know. This it does feel a bit more boomer bust, and I I do feel like I feel the same where get Steve Avila or Osiris Torrance, just get some big hog molly, let them eat, you know, let them eat in the middle, let them let them glass eat, baby. Um, I think that would have been more of a wise pick, but I do think it's a ton of fun. Um. I guess it'll be like again when we get the full context of the draft class. Yeah, that'll be important. But it felt like less of a helpful um, need. Agree. I, I get that he is like he is worthy of that selection, but I I don't know. I would I think I would have felt like it would have been a more impactful for the Super Bowl run if they had taken Steve Avila or Osiris Torrance. And I'll also say, like, it, it, we don't know where these tight ends are going to end up going, but the fact that he's the only one that went in the first round, you know, I feel like waiting would have been a little bit more wise, especially rather than trading up. Um, I'll throw one more uh, your direction. And a pick I like, it just kind of caught me off guard. And another um, right little trade up there with, with the Giants hopping up one spot for Deontay Banks. Yeah, I, that great pick. I like it a lot. It just it just caught me off guard. It wasn't like a when they made that move. You know, it was, it was tough to see what the like where they were going with that because like they just swapped the, they swapped one slot right with with the Jaguars. Um, so I'm like, who are they? You know, competing against to get up for a corner? Um, I mean, I didn't even know what position it was obviously, and I still don't know like the full reasoning again. But no, I just I didn't expect it to be Deontay Banks. Um, that being said, I, I like the pick a lot. I, I think yeah. that's that's a very good pick. Big physical press corner with ridiculous athleticism and yeah. speed to carry vertical routes in a division that has Terry McLaurin, CD Lamb, um, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. Yeah, you can John kind of match up Johnson, on both right? of those like, those Eagles, yeah. And, and and kind of helps helps complete this Giants corner crew, crew with uh, uh, Adoree Jackson and. Um, Darnay Holmes. Yes, thank you. It's a little late for me. Yeah, it's a little Darnay late. Holmes and Robinson. Cordell Float. Yeah. Cordell Float. Hey, the, Cordell Float's as skinny as Emmanuel Forbes almost. So. <laughs> That's true. Just no, the, just. The, the, the NFC, he's just harboring skinnies. I think Is that so. a derogatory term? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know, but no, that's just when they call me off guard. Um, I like it though. I'm a big, yeah, fan. no, again, one where it's like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. I just hadn't really thought about it much. Yeah. Which I, I, lo- I always enjoy those picks. Um, 
feel like we didn't get too many of those. But you didn't see you didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. We we feel like we didn't get too many of those. Um, Yeah. Well, speaking of ones we like, favorite fits. My number one is Anthony Richardson, number four to the Colts. Uh, Shane Steichen gets a guy who, similarly to Jalen Hurts, has all the physical tools. Similarly to Justin Herbert, has a a freaking cannon Mm -hmm. and the size. Um, Getting to see how Shane Steichen gets the most out of Anthony Richardson, I think, is going to be so fun. The Colts became so much more watchable with this pick. Jim Mercy probably loves Anthony Richardson. I just I would love to watch those two communicate. I think it'd just be so absurd. Um, but yeah, then, then now Indianapolis has their uh, cornerstone franchise guy, and at the same time, like if they're not ready to start in Week One, they've got Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I was about to ask. Do you do you th- like? I think I, he I obviously... think I I think he'll be fine to start Week One. But like I know like it's been some weird narrative that he's so mm-hmm. so raw. Like there's no way he can play. Blah blah blah. Like, yes, he only started 13 games, but I thought he showed a lot of, like, refinement. And he played in an offense that was far more pro-style than some of the other offenses we yeah. see. I, I, I think he'll be ready to start week one. I don't know if it'll happen, but... I think we'll see him early if it's not week one. I don't think it'll take too long. And I'm like, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think, like, he's going to just open up a lot of um, a lot of space for Jonathan Taylor in the running game, too. I think that'll be a big bounce-back season for him. The Colts' offense is just, like, monsters. Anthony Richardson's so big. Jonathan Taylor's so big. Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman are big receivers. Jelani Woods, baby. Jelani Woods is massive. Yeah, it's fun. If it works, it's fun. I I think Anthony Richardson's going to hit. Can I just throw something at you? Picking 35th. What if they just took Jonathan Mingo? Just kept leaning into the size <laughs> thing. I kind of love that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was a great fit. I mean, um, how about like just just uh, just to talk about it here? The Cardinals kind of tipped their hand that they're a Paris Johnson. You know, that's that's their guy. But maneuvering about the board as they did, I, I I'm you know going from three to twelve, picking up that first next year, like you alluded to, and then um, going back from twelve to six, where it felt like they had to to, to get their guy. And like they didn't give up much to the, to the Detroit Lions. It felt like they basically moved from three to six for the for the price of dropping down to twelve. You know what I mean for them. Um, and then landing Paris Johnson, which you know Kyler Murray's favorite player or whatever the hell he said, but just finally getting a left tackle there, man. Like just just getting a guy that they can yeah. plug in and not worry about. It. I think that's just what they need. Well, and it's a great start for this regime. The the Knights started off with them getting dinged. For tampering to get Jonathan Gannon, oh, having yeah. to give up, having to give up the sixty-six pick to the Eagles. The, what? Uh, no, they got I've, I've never back. seen anything like that before. Like what it, uh, it, it happened when um, the Patriots got Belichick. Uh, the the Jets like claimed tampering, and and the Patriots had to send. I forget what picks it was, but like that's the only that's time I've heard of that weird. happening. And and Jonathan Gannon is a young Bill Belichick, so that makes sense. But yeah, they they basically had to swap sixty six, and uh, what was it sixty six and like ninety or whatever ninety four. Yeah, but then um, also get a fourth next year. Which is so odd. yeah, so I was like, oh, okay, it's not great. But then Monty Austin goes and it makes two really good trades and comes away with. Uh, the player that sounds like they coveted the most, mm-hmm. uh, in Paris Johnson, who is kind of has 
the makeup of a franchise left tackle more than any of the other tackles in this class. Yeah. Just with the length, the athleticism, so nimble. Um, really great character guy too, which they need that as they they try to flip this horrific roster. Um, and, and and when Kyler Murray comes back, he's he's got bookend tackles with Paris Johnson, DJ Humphreys. Yeah. Um, and, and apparently Kyler, Kyler loved Paris Johnson, so it's a good way to get off on the right foot with him. It it feels like the Cardinals did a really good job tonight. I agree. And as you alluded to the fact that, you know, the, the personality of Paris Johnson and this franchise just has such a stink on it. And it just, it started, it, it kept going with, with the tampering issue. But like, you know, Steve Kime is, it got booted. He had a bunch of issues and he wasn't doing a good job. And now he's doing weird interviews around every oh. media. Colin Draft Day, the, the most accurate movie in history. Um, well, it is. But you know, <laughs> he ran his draft from the same way. What's the Sunny uh, Sunny Weaver? Sunny Weaver, all good call. Yeah, I love I love draft day. I know. Um, but, you know, so there was stink in the front office, stink in you know in, in the owner's box, and then it felt like it was getting fairly toxic on the field last year too for the Cardinals. You know, um, someone kept shitting on Kyler Murray. Someone kept leaking the stuff from his contract, right? So it's an ugly situation. I think that's just a wise first step to, to like you said, turning over this shit show. Um, yeah, I, I put the Cardinals down for the two smartest trades of the night. Yeah, game. I know. And, and that, that was a great fit for Paris Johnson. And I, I think the other two um, top offensive linemen great fits too. With like P- The Titans just playing it safe, going mm-hmm. with the smart move at 11, taking Pierre Skronsky. They have a massive need in the interior offensive line. Now you've got a, a guy with all pro upside at guard who's going to help juice your run game, which is kind of what you've built your team around. I thought that was a, a great move. Announced as a tackle. Do you, do you think he gets a look at left tackle first? So, so I think I think because they gave Andre Dillard that weird $10 million contract. Yeah. So I think what's, what's going to happen is, like, if Andre Dillard looks competent, Skronsky plays guard as a rookie, uh, and maybe moves a tackle depending on how that looks. Yeah. Uh, but if Dillard looks terrible, let's say in trading kit preseason, I, I think in the, that case, Skronsky could be their starting tackle. Yeah, I think it's a great pick. I agree with you. I mean, just e- either way that you you play him on this line, it just feels like the smartest pick they could have made to like you know try to keep this as a playoff uh, playoff contender. Right. I, I love that pick a lot. Um, you're, you're gonna you're gonna hit another offensive lineman, I believe. The Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, mm-hmm. Omar Khan, in his first draft at the helm with uh, assistant GM Andy Weidel, who came over from the Eagles, obviously learned from Harry Roseman to cover the trench play. They they move up. They get Broderick Jones. They the rumor had it they really wanted to set one of these tackles. Yep. Uh, they were willing to trade up to ensure they got one of them, and they do. And, and Broderick Jones brings that tone. Like he's just a tone setter and a really physical pancake yeah. chaser. He, he hunts out pancakes. <laughs> yes, he's raw as a pass protector and he's developed there, but like he's already better than what they have. Yeah, and brings rare athleticism to the position. Young player too. Um, I really, I'm really happy about this, and I also think like it's nice that like. Not that Dan Moore or Chooks Quar, uh, a Quarkart, I can't speak right now. <laughs> Quarter like, four, yeah. Thank you. Uh, not like they're good players, but well, they've started a lot. Yeah. So it's not like Broderick Jones has to be rushed into the starting lineup. 
Um, and as this does kind of transition to more of a run first attack, I think Broderick Jones is yeah. a perfect fit. Agree. They needed a true left tackle. You know, Broderick Jones played that spot. Um, I agree. I love I love the the, the fit. He's got the the, the Pittsburgh demeanor. Um, yeah, I, I can see him just like you know getting out on the pole for a lot of uh so Jalen Warren runs. Yeah, he's just a monster in space. I like that. Yeah, I love I love them being aggressive too, and just like you know the class isn't too sharp. Anton Harrison's about to go, uh, you know, 14 picks later and shouldn't have had a first-round pick, but um, I don't hate that pick, but we'll get there. Um, and, you know, getting aggressive, not not giving up, you know, throwing a fourth out there, who cares, and getting your guy. I, I think very, very smart, and like you said, great fit there. Especially when the the picks sandwiching it were Jameer Gibbs and Lucas Van Ness on one side, Will McDonald and Manuel Forbes on the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I felt pretty good about that one. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. Uh, other fit, I, I thought, like, Jordan Addison kind of lost some of his buzz, ends up going probably right around where he should go. Yeah. And to a team that's going to, I think, get the most out of him as the, playing second fiddle to Justin Jefferson. Um, his He's the best, I think, best route runner in this class. Like, the start-stop ability is awesome. Um I just think, like, he's going to be productive from day one. Like, is he going to be an all-pro receiver? No, but he's going to help out the all-pro receiver they do have. You know, it's a lot of fun, too. Yeah, going with Justin Jefferson. Both guys can go inside, outside. So that's that's going to give, I think, secondary fits. When you can throw Addison inside, Jefferson outside, flip that around, both outside. You know what I mean? That, that just gives them so many options. I love that a lot. And, yeah, Addison's a guy that, you know, we, we saw him work more vertically from Pitt. Um, then more of the underneath stuff at USC. So, and you can do it all. I think that, like, yeah, I agree. I don't see that all pro, you know. I don't think it's going to be double all pro. But, like, you know, being the Adam Thielen level, I, I definitely <laughs> see Jordan Addison hitting that. He's the Calvin Ridley to um, Jefferson's Julio Jones. Oh, I thought you were going to say Zay Jones in Jacksonville. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's stick with the receiver, though. How about, how about the Seahawks landing JSN, who, you know, have been missing the slot receiver for 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 a long time. Um, just you know, pairing him with with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf already a hell of a duo um, at the receiver spot. Now they become maybe one of the best trios in the NFL instantly. Um, at the, but just so perfect for JSN, you know, like he, he was at his best with you know Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, um, you know, last season, um, and still had sixteen hundred yards and nearly ten touchdowns. So with with DK and Lockett getting a hell of a lot of attention, he's going to be able to just eat. He's going to be able to eat just the underneath routes. Gino, I think Gino was missing that guy a lot last year. Marquis Goodwin was doing it a bit, but just just that, I, I love it. I love it. I, I'm kind of. It could be another pick that surprised me, but I love it. Yeah, no, it it, it was a great um, a great pick. It it felt like it was kind of wishful thinking that jason yeah. would end up being available at 20 and then yeah. when they were on the clock i was like they're gonna fuck this up they're not gonna I, know. I know and then they then they did and it's like yes thank you um getting him with dk and tyler lockett like that's so incredible it it feels like dk metcalf like it's gonna take a lot of pressure off dk metcalf he can yeah. be more of that true deep threat again and lock it as he's aging, won't have as much pressure. And, and Jason's just a, such a good chain mover. He does so much after the catch. He's kind of like a Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown for them. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna be really fun. All the receiver, pick, like we said, all the receiver fun. fits are fun. Yeah. Um, 
One other fit that I like and I think you hate is Anton Harrison and the Jaguars. No, I love the fit. I, I just think, you know, I wasn't that high on Anton Harrison, but I love it. I think, you know, after the Cam Robinson suspension rumors are coming down, which, I mean, it's going to happen. I, I In this draft class, um, with the tackle group falling off like it does, um, and you're trying to get back to the playoffs and win that division again, I love that pick. I think it's smart as hell. It's just very Doug Peterson. Yeah. That they invest in the offensive line. Um, you got to protect the franchise and Trevor Lawrence. And mm-hmm. with Cam Robinson's suspension and Walker Little being the other tackle after <laughs> Juwan Taylor left, yep. like it's it was shaky times. And I think Anton Harrison's a really solid player. He's yep. young. You you see the uh, really crisp footwork, good hand placement. Um, he needs to develop more uh, in, in the run game, play with a little bit better bend. But like th- this fills such a huge need for them. Yes. Yeah pressure off um especially when like kind of the way the draft fell like we're seeing weird picks like he was not close to the weirdest pick i think we saw no and i i had him 32 on my board so i I, it's fine value for you yeah yeah i was much lower and you know i kind of thought he is you know we talked but it's like he's boring which i think is what the jacksonville jaguars need with you know like you said taylor going and uh robinson the suspension coming down and who knows how long that's gonna be uh so i think very very smart and i think is a great fit yeah speaking of value um one of my favorite value picks of the night was uh the ravens getting zay flowers they signed lamar jackson to the extension earlier in the day obviously it signed odell beckham a a couple weeks ago um kind of just continuing to invest around lamar and getting a, a new piece for him and a player from todd monk and their new offensive coordinator to take advantage of i think zay's gonna provide awesome big play threat down downfield a guy who can create after the catch and a guy who wins contested catch uh, balls way more than he should at his size and this also like there's so much less pressure on Rashad Bateman now who's yeah. been very iffy as a former first round pick um I think Zay's going to be great in Baltimore. I think that's so much fun. Yeah, he's he's just Hollywood Brown if Hollywood would catch every deep ball and can break tackles and do great yak. It what a like I don't know man like the, what a day the Ravens had because I love that pick and they obviously brought Lamar Jackson back like it's just bang bang and it's like you know all offseason it's felt like oh man like what is this team gonna look like you know I lo- I love the Tom Munkin hire but it's like okay well Lamar's out so what good is that. And now it's like, we're fucking back. We're back. We're ready to roll. I, I love that. that. That worked out great. Um, <clears throat> I think the biggest value probably of the night, uh, we, touched, we touched on Nolan Smith. We touched on this one a bit, but Christian Gonzalez falling to the New England Patriots, man. Like that, that is just an absolute swoon. Um, don't know why he fell. Um, but getting him at 17, who I thought was corner one, um, was an obvious top 10 player in this draft. To me, um, I had him at him, uh, six overall. Get him to New England. That just feels like okay. Um, maybe in in six years he wins a defensive player of the year in a, in a, you know in a quieter season uh, where he gets a bunch of ball production. Um, I love that. I love that so much. Um, maybe the best. I know probably would have liked to go earlier, obviously, but maybe the best landing spot that he could have had. I mean, they you know they had the success with a couple of rookie corners last year, but. None of those guys have the upside. No offense to uh, that that Christian Gonzalez does. Yeah, no, it's their their secondary is really fun. It is, um, yeah. 
and they needed some more length at corner yeah. pretty badly, and he provides that, and I think he can develop into a true corner one. Uh, another value pick I like is I, I thought the Bengals taking Miles Murphy at 28 after kind of the way the board had fallen so yeah. strangely. They just kind of went best player available. Let's get a young pass rusher who um, only recently turned 21. Uh, great length, really explosive. Not not the most refined guy, but good power rusher, and they like these power rushers, right? Like yeah. Trey Hendricks and Sam Hubbard. Good run defender, sets a strong edge. And Hendrickson, two years left on his contract, so maybe this is the future replacement. Uh, for the time being, can be the rotation uh, at a at one of the most position, um, important yeah. positions instead of forcing a tight end. Like they know they can get a tight end they're gonna like at sixty who will do the job. Like why why waste it? Let's add to the, to one of our strengths. Yeah, I totally agree. That just feels like you know such a savvy. You know we're a perennial contender in our division. Let's add to the position that you can never have too many of. And yeah, I think Miles Murphy's a great fit. You know, he's already a, a tiger that wears orange. Bang. Um, but no, yeah, I think I had him like 22nd. So here with how the board fell, I think that's a, 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 a very smart pick. You're falling what's, asleep. Yeah, I am falling asleep. What's a, what's our uh, not a smart pick? Like the biggest reach on, on your board? I think straight up it was Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Forbes. Um after that, I, I Felix, but I like, at least that was the last pick of the draft, so those only twenty slots too high. Um, I think those are the two biggest for me, and then yeah. Jack Campbell. I, guess. I I got Darnell Wright, Will McDonald, yeah. Jack Campbell, Brian Brissy, Felix, and Udike Uzama. Um, so I think Darnell Wright's the the one we got to talk about because that, like, it makes sense, but it, it was still shocking to me. Yeah, so clearly they wanted a right tackle. And a guy yeah. who's going to be impactful in the run game, which he will be. Um, it's just, it was so rich to take him there. I thought he was more of a back end of the first round player, especially with Skaronsky on the board. Yeah. With Broderick Jones on the yeah. board. Um, and I get the upside, like massive, super athletic, and probably the nastiest guy in the class. Um, but a little bit more raw technically and like struggles in pass protection with some things. I, if it was to another team, maybe I'd trust it more, but it's the bears. So it I'm feels, not sure. it feels like they've done this before, right? Like Tevin Jenkins, not the same guy, but similar yes. idea. Yeah. Where like this big mauler throwing you out of the club style and he's kicked a guard. I, I, I think I'm a big fan of John. All right. I had him 18th, but I just, like you said, over, uh, over Skaronsky where that felt like a match made in heaven. Over Broderick Jones, that's just too rich for me. Um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I think he's gonna, I think it's gonna work out. But I, I don't disagree with you that, that I, it gets I do, a little funky in Chicago. I do like the idea, of, like he's like kind of the bouncer for Justin Fields, right? Like, yeah, he's gonna keep him safe and he's gonna talk his trash. He's, yeah, he's got that asshole tone. attitude. You got uh, and he's gonna really help in the run game. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, I, it's, I. I I think he's got more concerns than those other guys. Um, Will McDonald was a major one where it was yeah. just like, it felt like they missed out on the tackles. Pittsburgh jumped them for Broderick Jones, and they just took a really athletic pass rusher. But, again, he's going to be 24-year-old rookie. 
They need a pass rusher, but they used a first-round pick on Jermaine Johnson last year. He didn't play much. He didn't play all that much. Like, they've spent money on Carl Lawson. Yeah, that was a, a really surprising pick for me, too. I, like... I'm not shocked that Will McDonald... I expect him to go in the first round, to be frank, but, like, not 15, and I had him 41 on my board. Um, and like you said, not not to the Jets, where, like, they took Jermaine Johnson, didn't play a lot last year. I, Yeah, it's just a weird one to me. Um, Brian Brzee felt like a very Saints pick. They just love long, yeah. explosive defensive linemen who are very raw, and that is what he is. And we'll see if it works out. It, it, it was a need, and there's a big... Kind of like yeah. you said, a big drop off tier defensive line class, but I uh, this is a little rich for my blood. I'm perfectly good with him. Him there, I get it. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's a swing though; it is a big swing, and I think you can kind of like uh, just you know going towards these defensive line at the end because we had four straight between Edge and IDL and then Mazzy kind of there too. But with with Felix and DK Uzama to the Chiefs, that felt so on brand for them though. Yeah, like they needed a power rusher. They were they sorry. They love power rushers. Yeah. They need an edge. Frank Clark's gone. Yeah, uh, hometown kid, really, uh, really good at creating speed to power using the long arm. But a guy who's kind of and he plays really hard, but he's a little inconsistent in the run game. Doesn't have like a deep pass rush repertoire. I saw him more of as a back end second round player. He was the uh, lowest player on my board selected. Uh, yeah, me too. And I mean, he was the last pick in the round, at least. But yeah, me, me as well. I had him. Uh, I had him fifty-one. Yeah, I had him um, fifty-seven. Yeah, him, him and Forbes. Forbes was forty-nine for me. Those were the last two. 50, Fifty-four for me. So. Yeah, I, th- I think really that's the biggest reach. Um, and then how about Jackie Campbell, who we do we do love, but oh, Jackie. Jackie Campbell. Well, Jack Jack Campbell's already in Edmonton. You got to show some respect. He's bring so those he's bring those Oilers back into the series. So Jackie Campbell's in Detroit. Like I had him forty third. I did think he was linebacker one. Just just surprised I me. Think, I think he's going to be a good player. I, I do think, too. I, do I think too. it's a good fit and everything. But yeah. it it's also feels worse because they the drafted, drafted a running back at twelve and an off ball linebacker at eighteen. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Um. We talked quite a bit about the trades already. Like we said, yeah, that the Cardinals I, I, did their best. You know, I, I think the two smartest trades were the Cardinals trades. Yeah. I, what? Why do you think exactly the Eagles had to to give up the pick to move up one spot for Carter? Like, no, I know, I know that it's smart. I love it, but like, what do you, do you think? There's someone else getting up to, for Carter? Like, I feel like the Bears should just the took Bears him. just the Bears just threatening. <laughs> we're gonna take him unless you give us that fourth round pick. <laughs> I, would you be surprised though? I was like, okay, fuck you. Okay, whatever. In the grand no, scheme uh, of things, I don't think a lot of stupid trades either. But sorry, gone. No, definitely not. Um, I, I I put down the Bears trading nine to the Eagles for mm-hmm. for that though, because simply because like they traded back one spot, but they also passed on arguably the best player in the class. Yeah. To to kind of reach on Darnell right, and, and interior defense line was a need for the Bears too, right? Yeah. And, I don't know, and I just kind of felt like uh, you maybe you could have got a little more than than the fourth round pick. I don't yeah. know. I would have just taken Jalen Carter and hoped for me, the best. Me too. And similarly with um, the, the their NFC North running mates, the Lions going from six to twelve, it felt like they could have got a little bit more value. It was, it was okay. It was an okay return. But then you know they, you know they end up with the Jameer Gibbs, who's running back too. They could have just taken Bijan. They could have taken Jalen Carter. You know, there just felt like there were so many more 
wise decision. So I think just the whole way that check down looks looks just, looks bad for the Lions. Just wait until they use the thirty fourth pick that they got um, from Arizona on Will Levis and feel good. <laughs> okay, uh, it's past one thirty a.m. on Whoa. the East Coast here. Whoa. Yeah, we got a. Who, who's your best player available? That's what I was about to do. I was, I was just leaning into it. So um, make me stop talking. No, let's bad, give I'm me your awake. give me your big board. No, I'm just kidding. Clearly, for me, it's Brian Branch who finished eleventh yeah. on my big board. I love Brian Branch. He finished eleventh on mine too. That's look at that. See, good player. That's how we know. Eleventh best player. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, who I I I love I love it if the car. Well, I'd hate it, but I think the Cardinals taking him with the second pick of the of the second round would be wise. Um, after that, I did pretty good with my top guys. I think my next guy is Osiris Torrance, sitting at 20, who I think we'll see go very early tonight as well. Or I guess it is tonight. Um, B.J. Ojalar, who I'm a huge fan of, I think gets in that mix too. And then maybe a guy we haven't touched on, Joey Porter Jr. I'm a little sh- surprised that he slipped out. Yeah, I feel like the NFL, like, like it's not surprising based on tape, but just because the hype and the bloodlines, you'd think the NFL yeah. would have done it. But, yeah, yeah I... I Adding to that, um, Michael Meyer, uh, Darnell Washington. Yeah, I think just casualties of the tight end depth. But I am really surprised Michael Meyer didn't go in the first round. Like he is a, a ready-made NFL tight end. If it wasn't this tight end class, I think he would have. Yeah, uh, Steve Avila, Osiris Torrance, you mentioned Keanu Benton, Keely Ringo, yeah. Josh Downs. Yeah, them too. I'll throw in. How about my guy DJ Turner too? Another Michigan guy. Um, John Michael Schmitz, I'm a big fan of. Kind of those guys, which I think all of those guys will hear them pretty early. And Matthew Bergeron. Matthew Bergeron, who we had some whispers about going in the late first, so I don't think we're, he's going to wait too long to hear his name called either. Same with Addy Adeboare. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I'm, I, Steelers have a 32nd pick. We control the second round, baby. I can't wait to see what we do. 